tucked into the forest on a tranquil bench above the beautiful Dry Creek Valley, we discover cast wines. Thanks so much for joining me here today. To start with, let's talk about this stunning location and how the two of you came to find this spot. Yeah, this is a, one of the most beautiful places I've ever found in, in wine country. And uh, we've been fortunate to be able to um, go lots of pretty places around the world. And um, um, we uh, were frequent visitors out here from our, uh, our old home back in Texas. And uh, um, you, you know, kind of had an idea that we might want to relocate out here. And uh, 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 our winemaker actually, it wasn't our winemaker then, but our winemaker um, told us about this, this site. And uh, it, was, uh, it was someone's residence at the time. The vineyard was here. And it just really, on, on first blush, we brought a bottle of wine up here and watched the sunset. And it just really occurred to us that this, the, you know, so, someone intended this to be a place that people could really enjoy wine. And uh, we we're fortunate to be able to uh, go through some uh, steps to acquire it and get it zoned properly and build our winery. Or we uh, started construction in 2013 and opened in 2014. Wow. And such. I mean, it's phenomenal to look around and see what you've done with the place. I understand you have constant stream of visitors. You're open every day to tasting. Tell me more about kind of your day-to-day -day visitors, what they can expect when they come to the winery. Well, they can almost always expect something is going on. Today, we're actually bottling. So uh, uh, we're, we're doing about, uh, we started on Tuesday and are going all the way until today. So it's been several days of bottling. There's almost always something going on at cast, whether it's um, bottling, tastings, rackings. Um, and that's, that's kind of the neat thing that when you come here, you get to see a, a working winery. Everything takes place right here on property. That's awesome. So you have this gorgeous patio that people can come and sit out on. Tell me more about the tasting experience here. Um, we, we really wanted to pe people to feel welcome and uh, we, we think our wine tastes better when people are in a good mood and, and so everyone who walks through our door is handed a, a glass of, of sparkling wine and we say cheers and welcome and, um, and then they go out and find a seat on our terrace um, overlooking the vineyards and we bring everything to them so they get to enjoy a, a relaxed seated experience uh, they get a little water uh, and uh, a, a cheese plate and uh, and we really the hospitality is a big part of what what we do and we we, we feel blessed to be in a business where uh, almost everyone who walks in the door is happy and um, our job is to enhance their happiness and, and, and their visit and hopefully uh, if, they, uh, if they like the wine uh, months later when they're back in Chile, Chicago or wherever it is, when they open a bottle, they're going to remember that great day they spent out here. I mean, here we are in February. It's uh, 80 degrees and sunny and, yes. and uh, you know, we're, we're reading about uh, snowstorms in the east. So Yeah, it doesn't get much better than this. Yep. <laughs> but I love something that you said earlier when we were just talking about uh, your initial vision and about how you have a whole kind of team of partners and and people who've all come together to make this vision and they all kind of take part and and it's very much a, a culture a lifestyle for you all um, tell me more about how you came to name the winery and and how it's all come to fruition um, we, we are we're very we're very lucky to have friends that trust us and uh, uh, so uh, when we found this property and we met our winemaker we uh, we kind of Put a little plan together for what it might take to actually have a winery realized we needed some partners went to our friends and family and put a put a, a, a 
request out, and we're overwhelmed with the response of all the people that wanted to own a little piece of wine country. So, uh, you know, the upside to that uh, for us is that uh, we've got about 40 families out there across the United States that all own cast wines and, uh, and all have a circle of friends and, and our, our ambassadors and our angels out there helping us to uh, get the word out about what we're doing. And we all get together a couple times a year and, mm -hmm. and celebrate uh, our good fortune right. and, uh, and release some new wines. So it's, it's been great. Nice. And your winemaker, he is quite well respected in the industry and he trained under, you know, some very recognizable names like Andre Chelichev and Mary Edwards. Tell me more about how you work with him in terms of developing which wines are put out. Yeah, I think the neat thing about working with someone that's been in the industry as long as Mike is he has a unique, unique take on every place and time. So every year is different. Um, every varietal um, is unique. <clears throat> so we try to, if you grabbed a grape on the day of harvest and you got to taste that with the finished wine, you get that opportunity to say, I see where it came from. Hmm. So the concept was always uh, to elevate that fruit to its highest potential. Hmm. And so Mike's approach, approach is never to, to manipulate a wine into what someone wants it to taste like, but to make the grape that much better in a glass. Hmm. I love that, very nice. So as owners, we, we get a say in what we think the direction should be, but then right. it's all in his hands. Right, and letting <laughs> and the vineyards hands. speak for themselves. Yeah. You were telling me earlier too about some very um, well-known vineyards and family vineyards that don't sell to just anybody, but you somehow have got them in there. Tell Absolutely. me more about uh, your vineyard sources. I think one of the great things about having a respected winemaker uh, who's known is that is that we do as a small as a small um, group we you know we farm six acres here of Zinfandel and Petite Syrah but we love a lot of wines and um, and so we're not unidimensional we we um, we wanted to do a Pinot Noir because because we love Pinot Noir and lo and behold our winemakers good friends with the Bache Galupe family um, of, of the famed Bache Galupe vineyard that won the judgment of Paris for Chateau uh, 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 Montalena, Chateau Montalena, mm -hmm. and uh, and so uh, you know they came over and kind of gave us the eye, saw who our winemaker was, and said, okay, we'll we'll sell you a little fruit, and so you know we get we get a, a few tons of, of fantastic Pinot. Same thing with uh, we do a Chardonnay from Kiefer Ranch, the Kiefer family. We have a Bucher Vineyard Sauvignon Blanc, and a uh, Pyramid Vineyard uh, um, uh, Cabernet. So those are those are really neat things for me as a as someone who hasn't grown up in this, and I have lots of neighbors and friends here who have wineries in their third generation or fourth generation, and they've got their thing. We come in and uh, have been embraced, um, um, and um, I think part of that is 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 the quality of the wines, and part of it is the fact that we're giving back to the uh, community, and uh, and you know we we're seen in the grocery store and in church. We're not just that really rich uh, guy from back east who comes in and buys a vineyard and flies in for parties. I mean, we're here doing a lot of work and, and living and, and suffering through uh, uh, the weather and the, and the fire tragedy and everything else, just along with all of our neighbors. Right. You were showing me earlier the, the label on your beautiful rosé. Um, and tell me more about your wife's project with the rosé. Um, yeah, we, we, uh, we wanted to do a rosé, um, but we didn't want to just do any rosé. And um, my, my wife's um, uh, had a passion for doing something in remembrance of her mother who passed away a few years ago. She suffered from Alzheimer's for 10 years. And uh, so uh, um, we're, 
we just bottled the other day uh, 110 cases of, of uh, a rosé of Zinfandel from this vineyard. Um, the proceeds of the sale of that wine are going to go to um, uh, memory care charities uh, in honor of her mother. And uh, it's just one of the ways that we can um, really give back and, and feel good about what we're doing as, as we're spending our days here uh, in a small business that, that also has a, uh, a hospitality and a, and, a, and a beautiful setting. Uh, um, you, you know, we, we can do something to, to benefit others and, and have our customers feel like they are too. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. So let's talk about the fact that you have a Petite Syrah vineyard right here on your estate. Um, that's somewhat unique for this area, is it not? I wouldn't say it's unique. I think that, um, you know, the, when the Italians kind of planted Dry Creek Valley, mm -hmm. <clears throat> they, um, the traditional Italian planting is kind of intermixed different varietals okay. to kind of come up with an Italian blend. And so um, traditionally, um, Petit Syrah is a blender. Um, when we bought the property, the, our first vintage and walking through, we noticed just by grabbing a cluster and tasting it that it was unique and could definitely stand on its own. Let's do a stand on its own. I can catch that. All right. Okay. Yeah. Just say stand on its own. Got it. it. Stand on its own. And so we decided that we were going to make it a single varietal out of it. And we've been so pleasantly surprised with the acceptance from our, our club members. In fact, it's um, it was the very first wine that we produced that sold out. And uh, so it's been, I don't know, I wouldn't say it's our, our flagship, but it's definitely mm -hmm. a unique product that Cass makes that's, that's uh, an identifier of who we are. Okay. You know, when you're small in, in, a, in, a, uh, in a business where there are a lot of wineries, um, doing something that's a little different is, I, th I think, really important. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you, we strive to be memorable. Um, the way we treat people, the, 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 the view and the experience that they have when they're here, the, the variety of wines that they can experience. And uh, um, so having that Petit Syrah is just one of those ways to do that. And the fact that the fact that the vineyard's literally right here, mm -hmm. and as you're sitting here, pe pe people just love to, to be able to have a glass of wine that uh, the fruit from which was grown right in front of them, and they're sitting uh, at the winery where it all happened, and, and they can see it. And there, there's just something uh, attractive about that to, to our visitors. Bringing it full circle. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about your sparkling wine and, and the sabering that you do here. Yeah, um, my wife was a, a huge fan of sparkling wine, so um, when given the opportunity to do one, um, we jumped at the chance. Um, and uh, one of the neat things we do with our sparkling is we do a Blanc de Noir, so it's Pinot and Chardonnay, um, and that's something unique. It, it brings a creaminess to, um, um, to, the, to the sparkling wine that has unique character. And the nice thing about sparkling is it's, it really is carefree. There's, an, there's a, that moment that you walk up to our, our wine room and you're handed that sparkling glass. Hopefully you just let loose. And that's kind of that, that moment of enjoying cast and being, having that spell cast upon you. So. And the idea of sabering, it, I think it started with Napoleon. When, when, when they would win a war, they would pull out uh, their French champagne and they would pull out their sabers and they would all open up and, and, and celebrate. And I think Churchill said something about uh, uh, sparkling wine being used for victors and the defeated because you, you, you need it to celebrate or, or you need it to console yourself. And uh, so that, the idea that we could do the sabering 
and and really kind of energize people. We'll we'll get afternoons where we'll have uh, you know dozens of people out on the terrace, and we'll just bring a bottle out and savor it, and everybody just lightens up their mood, and everybody cheers, and and then we all share the wine. So yeah, it's fun. So let's talk about um, this climate and kind of, you know, Dry Creek Valley, mm -hmm. why these vineyard locations are so ideal and what is it about Dry Creek specifically that um, it brings to your wine? Dry Creek Valley is an interesting uh, microclimate. Um, Dry Creek's a, a tributary of the Russian River. Um, and so we have the benefit of being in a kind of an enclosed bowl, if you will, that, that collects heat and, and during the day. Uh, but it, the mornings start off really cool because the, the fog line and the cool breeze comes in off the Pacific Ocean straight up the Russian River and, and reaching up into Dry Creek. So um, whereas uh, a, a grape like a Pinot, a Noir, or a Chardonnay does better 10 miles from here that doesn't get as warm in the afternoons, Zinfandel and Petit Syrah love those hot days. So we'll have days here in in August, uh, September, where we'll start off in the 40s in the morning and, and, and it'll be misty and cool. Uh, and we'll be over 100 degrees by the afternoon. Wow. And as soon as the sun goes down, um, it'll drop right back down to 60. And, and that, that differential in the daily temperature um, allows the grape to mature and ripen in a very kind of stair-step way instead of a straight-line way, if you will. And, and so it has more time to develop and uh, flavor profiles. And, um, and that's a unique thing to this valley and why Zinfandel grown in this valley is coveted all over the world. Nice. One of the nice things also is that that confluence of the Russian River as well as um, being surrounded by the Mayakamas on the valley next to us in Alexander Valley and then the Pacific Range to our right um, as we go to the coast is that the soil here and especially being up on a bench is unique. We have that great metamorph metamorphic soil that's we have over 80 inches of topsoil so our vines really have that energy to grow deep into the ground and have that really kind of terroir really representation of what this soil is what this place is and uh, I think one of the neatest things is being able to go all summer long and not have to use that water and really make those vines work uh, okay. to represent this place very cool yeah we're um I think the growing season here and, and just the, the, the general location is just so ideal. I mean, we're sustainably farmed. We use very little water. Um, um, it's an interesting, um, for instance, a contrast between uh, this vineyard, the Grey Palm Vineyard that, that we own, was planted 15 years ago. So the vines are, you know, just, just reaching their, their prime and they've got years ahead of them. The vineyard right next door here, uh, the Watson Vineyard, where we, uh, where we pulled grapes for our old vines in, was planted in the early 70s uh, by um, Alan Pat Watson, our next door neighbors. And um, it, the contrast is really striking. You have the same vine planted directly next door to each other. Um, our vineyard, we prune back um, severely and, and, and don't give water to so that we can keep yields down and we still get four or five tons per acre uh, because it's just so robust. The vineyard next door, no matter what you do, no matter what the weather is, that those vines 
produce about an, a ton and a half an acre. And if you think about it, you have uh, 40, 50 year older vines where the vine uh, root structure has gone deeper into the soil, they're into different mineral stratas. And so there's more interesting things that vine has to give to the fruit, and yet it's giving it to a third of the volume of fruit. So every berry is just that much more intense. And when someone tastes our Grey Palm Zinfandel and our uh, Old Vine Zinfandel next to each other, you know, now you know why, and you can mm -hmm. see it, and it's, it's just really interesting. That is. I love that. So, your cave is being built right now. What is, what is the plan for that, and what does that offer to you? Um, the cave for us is an expansion. We, uh, we came into this property. It was a, it was a small uh, residential home uh, when we acquired it. We, we uh, were on a budget, so we, uh, uh, we converted that home to our phase one winery, and we have a small room that uh, we, we greet people in, but our tasting is really done outdoors. Um, the expansion that we have underway now is to double our production capacity, and um, but more importantly, to, to add an enclosed area for tasting so that when it is hot or raining um, or in the evenings, we, we have uh, another venue to be able to taste. Um, the cave is, uh, I, um, it's more in the style of a European wine cave where uh, bottles are stored before they're labeled and, and boxed up and shipped, and okay. um, and so when you go into our cave, you're gonna you're gonna see a collection of our library wines, and uh, and our reserve wines all displayed um, and stored. Um, it's not a barrel cave. We didn't have the we didn't have the room to do that. That might be down the in the future for us. But it'll 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 be a room for storing special wines for us that we want to age and for entertaining our guests, and uh, it's it's really fun. It's it's just been a blast to watch them. Uh, build it. Yeah, I bet. And it's a big part of our wine program. We are, um, uh, you know, we got our 10,000 case production. We've never really tried to approach that, um, but we slowly are running out of space as, mm. as attention for cast grows. And so this is a really important part of us being able to um, have some things that we keep in barrel a little bit longer and create some more, right. for more space floor space for our production so that's a big part of it we'll be adding room for all of our barrels to be stored on property for the whole time so oh, yeah we, out, we outgrew our winery in the first year um, and so we've been storing some of our barrels off-site so we're gonna get all that back together again here well that's a good problem to have right it is it is <laughs> so what is it you would like consumers to know if they're you know ordering a bottle of cast wine what 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 can they expect um, they can expect a um, a balanced wine that is uh, that doesn't that's going to improve with age, but isn't going to need to be aged to to be enjoyed. Um, our wines are uh, are um, they are in, intended to be uh, um, true to the varietal nature. Um, um, we're not trying to manipulate a lot. Um, Maybe the one exception to that I would say is we, we do kind of a unique Sauvignon Blanc where we cold ferment it and uh, keep it in stainless steel and and um, and keep the top of the tank shut. The the, uh, the aromatic esters on a Sauvignon Blanc um, we think too often um, uh, are blown off during fermentation and 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 uh, so we do a wine that we think is prettier and, and uh, creamier and easier to drink and a little bit unique. Again, that idea of um, you, you know, if you're going to do a few hundred cases of a wine, and there's a sea of that wine available out there, it needs to, it needs to, to have some kind of a signature element to it. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, our, our wines, John, what, what would you, what would you add? 
You know, I think I would say that um, you are going to get a snapshot of that vineyard when we think it's the peak. And so um, every year will be different. Um, you know, there's not, there's not a formula that we're following, you know, to make um, our wine. And so that means that whatever Mother Nature gives us, whether it's a hot or a cold or a wet um, or an early harvest or a late harvest, right. we're going to make that, that picture of that year. And so I think that when you open a 2013 Petit Syrah, you're going to find um, probably the coldest harvest we've had as a, as a winery, right? So you're going to find, you know, a different, more cedar notes, more, you know, more ethereal kind of you know bay leaf and and eucalyptus and i think that is intriguing to when you taste you know the 2014 mm -hmm. which was one of the hottest years we've harvested and you're going to get you know so much more berry and so much more bright dark fruit fruit flavors and so i love that when you open a cast wine you're getting that year in its in its highest point and so that's what we tried to do Perfect. That's a little harder to do if you're uh, in distribution and you've got restaurant clients and grocery right. store clients out there because, uh, you know, if you're in that business, your uh, consistency is, is important. Right. Um, for us, I mean, there, a certain level of consistency is important, but um, having the ability to, to be reactive to Mother Nature every mm -hmm. year is, is, really, uh, is really great. This wine, the 13 Petit Syrah, as John said, one of the aspects of that vintage was it, it, it was a little bit slower to come around after bottling. And so we held it back. That's why we have a 2013 um, that we're still uh, selling. But uh, the, the wine has been really interesting for me as kind of a novice in this industry um, to, to, to watch it evolve over the last couple of years since, since we started opening bottles of it. And it's, it's just at its prime right now. Well, thank you so much for having us. And cheers. Cheers. To Cast Wines cheers. and hosting Thanks for being here. Thank you. If you want to experience the beauty, rich history, and culture of Sonoma County, you must visit Cast Wines. And thank you for your support.